This is Ricky Rigolato, CEO and founder of Rose Auto Services. Welcome to Cleaning and Cocktails. Hi, I'm Mark Batista. I'm president of Citywide Building Maintenance. We're a 37-year-old company located in Itasca, Illinois. We clean about 15 million square feet a night and we are a total facility solution provider. My name is Juan and I'm the owner of Spotless Cleaning Chicago. So we have a little bit over 170 employees currently. And I think the biggest thing that we love about the company is the technology that we use that allows us to stay in communication with everyone. Hello everyone, my name is Saul Marchand. I'm the founder and CEO of Blue Commercial Cleaning here in Chicago. Our goal is basically to find solutions for every client. And our mission is to really truly enhance the image of every facility we touch. Thanks guys. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome to Cleaning and Cocktails, episode number two. Uh, I'm back here again in the janitor's closet. As you can see, we got nice little mop heads, we got pine cell everywhere. It's a great backdrop. Uh, but yeah, so just want to take a second to introduce everybody again. I got Sowo from Blue Cleaning, Juan from Spotless Cleaning, and Mark from Citywide Maintenance. Again, Chicago boys, you know, the, the, the show is based here in the Chicago area. Uh, but I just want to talk about sales today, right? Uh, bidding and estimating. It's the number one thing that us as cleaning companies, uh, we got to worry about sales and we got to worry about staff. So today we're talking sales, right? So my first question, Mark, I'll start with you, uh, is what are you doing in this, in this day and age to help you drive sales? So I think one of the keys that we're focusing on today is really going back and every year that we're planting seeds and we're going out there and we're prospecting on foot and handpicking our business, the businesses that we bid on that we do not get, we have a follow-up plan in place for those businesses. Because we put out so many bids a year that we can't afford the opportunity. If we don't get the bid now, it just doesn't mean we stop trying now. So we have a process in place to follow up with them down the line. Thank them for the for bidding, okay? Even if we don't get the bid, because one of the things that people are gonna remember the most is how we ended things. Mm-hmm. Everyone else might kind of fade away. They might make their choice. They might be happy with their choice. They might not be happy with their choice. But if they're not happy with their choice, um, it gives you an opportunity to reopen the door. Let's say if you sent a thank you letter for, for the opportunity to bid with someone. So you're talking about uh, really more the follow-up on the process of after a lead. Really, after right? a lead, yeah. Oh, okay. And I mean, the majority, the majority of our business is coming from going out there and knocking on doors. Okay, We're handpicking our business because we know that there's people out there that are serious about cleaning and there's people out there that are really shopping for price. So selling based on value is something that we want to focus on rather than selling for a low price. Okay. Now, Juan, before, so same question to you, but so you guys don't know, or if you, you may not know, but in the Chicago area, this guy's website is the first website that pops up. If you, if you Google commercial cleaning Chicago, I want to know the secret. No, you don't have to tell me. Just don't click on my ads. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, honestly, They're $50 a click. <laughs> I mean, obviously, web, website is important for you, but like, what, I mean, what, what else are you doing to drive sales? Uh, you know, that's interesting because I, I think that I'm probably the worst person uh, to answer that question. You know, I always like to say that I don't really sell because 
a lot of these do come to us. Um, and, and so we're really more so closing, right? So we take the lead in and we're, you know, we're qualifying to make sure that they fit our business model. And what I mean by that is, you know, we don't, we can't service everyone, right? And so we just want to focus on the markets and the segments that, you know, we excel at, right? So, and, you know, once you do get qualified, then we get, you know, we jump on the leads right away. So, you know, with, in our case, and you know, I wasn't joking around $50 a click is, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, sometimes it might take five clicks, 10 clicks before we get a call. So that call, you know, is costing us somewhere between $250 to $500. So with that said, I have, you know, someone always has to answer the phone at the office, you know, the, you know, they know that if someone doesn't, if that phone's ringing, if no one's answering that phone, there's going to be a price to pay. Yeah. Uh, because every single call, I don't know, is 250 to $500. And that's a, a big part, I, I think, is, you know, every now and then I, I've called other businesses for whatever reason, like, hey, you know what, we don't service this area. Like, you know, they asked me if I know anyone else that would want to take this lead. And honestly, it's, it's to me, it's just crazy that I'll call some of these businesses and they don't call back, they don't ask yeah. the phone. Sure. And it's like, sometimes they call three, three days later and it's like, it's too late. Like, how do you even get business? You yeah. Know? So, I you know I'd say the biggest thing is you know being proactive. Make make sure you're picking up that phone. If you miss a call, make sure you're calling back right away. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's the other thing too is a lot of times when they're calling, they're calling from a general number. So if you try calling back, you're kind of screwed anyway. Yeah. You know because they're not gonna know who tried calling you. So biggest thing is pick up the phone. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so really for you is you're you're vetting more so than even driving because the website is driving sales for you. Right. Right. And. We'll get into that a little bit later as far as, you know, SEO and ad campaign and stuff like that. Because for, for a lot of people that don't do it, you might add some value on, you know, giving us some, some just some tips later. But now, Saul, another, and there's a reason why I put all three of, of these guys together in the same room with myself is, so Saul's company, Blue Cleaning, is probably one of the most followed companies on social media. So obviously that drives sales and helps with sales. But what, same question to you is, in addition to that, or if you want to touch on that, what, how are you driving sales? So we're we're focusing. Um, our brand is more kind of what you're talking about. Social media is uh, we're really trying to bring a brand presence out to uh, out to the market because obviously now social media has taken on such a big role, right? And getting mm-hmm. the name out there and kind of understanding the, the company that you are and what you're really about. So for us, it's really um, emphasizing a lot about culture, uh, keeping a face out there so that customers can. Uh, relate to us so once they call us for for services uh, they've seen plenty of our uh, our uh, team members our splash technicians out there including our management so they'll know who our social media coordinator is and so once those calls come in they feel like they already know us so for us it's always making sure that we present ourselves uh, in a manner where uh, we're approachable relatable and uh, ensuring that we do put out some great content not only showing you know our services but also a little bit about our culture and I think that's what attracts, you know, our client base. But aside from that, um, a lot of referrals. We ask for referrals, which is a huge thing for us as well. So our clients really speak, you know, highly of us for those that we work with. And so we feel like that client base really brings that certain client that we're looking for as well. Okay. And so uh, for us, it's more keeping that tight-knit uh, community and uh, ensuring that, you know, kind of what you guys talk about out here is that making sure it's the right client for you. So you touched on the website part. And that's something, again, you know, for the audience, I know I get a lot of questions all the time about, you know, do I need a website? Is my Facebook page good enough? Mm -hmm. Uh, What do I put on the website? So there's a lot of different things you can do. Uh, Doesn't, just because you have the best website does not mean you have the best company. Uh, You may just have the best resources, right? But 
let's say the lead comes in through the website. Uh, what, you know, you hear the term, I'm sure you guys all use one. I'm actually just starting to, to figure which, which system to use, but CRMs. Like what are, what, you know, we'll go back to you, Marcus. What, what CRM are you using right now? What is a CRM if people don't know? And right. is it important? How important is it? So contact relationship management system, CRM, is, is crucial to a, a business that's trying to scale, okay? We, for many, many years, used the base, baseline CRM, and we got away with it because we, we housed our contacts, our prospects in there. None of our business uh, was managed inside of it, okay? None of our actual customers. We just recently switched to Salesforce. So we're really stepping it up a notch because one of the things that really hurt us with the old CRM we were using was customer service. We were getting terrible customer service from the uh, service we were using. And I was kind of afraid to make the step, okay? But one thing you have to understand about CRMs is if you are a scaling business, you want to automate as much as you can when it comes to the menial tasks of the day-to-day -day grind. So what I'm talking about is things like quotes, okay? Things like follow-ups, things like renewals. Um, <clears throat> I never thought we were going to be able to do as much as we are right now with with using Salesforce, but man, we're really going to we're really going to crank it out, and, and, and it's really going to be beneficial. We're going to be able to do quotes from like templates. There's no more typing out things anymore because all of your information is stored in a system, right? And everything is insert fields. So an insert field is basically where you're picking from a drop list and you have, let's say, you know, your suffix Mr. or your prefix Mr. customer first name, customer last name, and you're filling all that information in. And for us, I mean, being a 37 year old company, we come from the time when there were no computers and we were writing things, okay? Not me personally, but you know, I'm not that old. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but that, that it's, you know, CRM is huge if you're going to scale automation well what do, I, what do you what do you have in place what have, what have you done in the past i mean mark salesforce we'll talk later because yeah i'll learn more about that i mean you know so we're, we're a hubspot user so you know same thing you know for me it, it, it's what what is crm and so I, I i see a lot of companies that are starting off and they're so focused on crm and this stuff and i would almost say don't even worry about CRM when you're first starting off because it's actually pretty time consuming. It is. Um, not only that, but the business that, when you're starting off, your business is gonna look significantly different a year, two, three from now, right? So you're gonna end up wasting a lot of space, having to redo so much stuff, and you're just gonna drive yourself crazy. Okay. Um, but, you know, at some point you will need it. And so the way I think of CRM is, I remember one time, and this was, I don't know, probably like seven, eight years ago, I went to Apple. Something was wrong with my phone, or I don't even remember if it was a phone. You know what, no, it was an iPod. Yeah. I almost forgot those things existed, <laughs> right? And so I remember the technicians like asking questions, you know, or the genius bars asking all these questions and went through this very specific process. And I'm like, wow, like that training is unbelievable. How do these person, how do these people know so much from one guy to the next, so consistent, and then one time, you know, you know, he was using his phone to diagnostic, you know, for diagnostics. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, hey, can I see your phone? And so 
it's like step by step by step. Oh, no, Every you know the questions that they're asking you, was just a seamless experience, and they fixed the thing, and it was just amazing, right? So, I, I kind of think of CRM that way, right? So, you know, for us, is you know HubSpot. The, re the reason we, why we use that is because, as Mark said, is the automation, right? So, you know, to onboard someone, proposal generating, like you know, lead comes in. We create the deal so we don't forget about it. And then once we schedule a walkthrough, it sends a reminder. Um, when we actually do create the proposal, it takes me like 30 seconds to do it, right? Because all that information is already there. Um, you know, from there I can see if they viewed the proposal, how much time, what pages they looked at, you know. So all that stuff gives me a lot of intelligence around, are they concerned with the service checklist? Are they concerned with the price? Did they not even look at the service checklist? Or they just focused on price? So you just gotta have so much intelligence. Um, but then going back to you know artificial intelligence, you know there's so many things that we just automate, so we could do a lot more with less, and that's important, right? Because the reality is labor gets getting really expensive, and so if I could do the task of three people with one person through AI, it's you know that that's a huge time saving. So for me, if you know HubSpot's not cheap, right? Because you know you could get the free version, but that's you know you're wasting your time. So you're not using the free version. Oh no, absolutely not. Oh, okay. We're paying like probably fifteen hundred bucks a month or something like that, right? Okay. But to me, it's like it, it cuts down one to two people. So do the math, right? Yeah. So the return. And comes. I mean, like yeah. automation is great too. To touch on what you said, but there's some things that you don't want to automate. So people have become accustomed to automation absolutely. too, and they and, hate it. And, and they hate it. They hate mass emails. They, you know, we think we're going to touch 700 customers in one blast email. Well, when when someone emails you, dear. Ricky, do you think that person knows Ricky? Probably not. So there's certain things that automation is great for, and there's certain things that you definitely want to keep a hands-on experience for. Absolutely. You know, and, and going back to that too is, you know, with with uh, HubSpot or Salesforce, because it's really all the same stuff, right? Is um, What's nice about it is, you know, managing like a group inbox, right? So for example, in our case, our info or sales inbox, if you will, um, you know, if we send out an email to a customer about an issue at the account, you know, it, you can create a ticket from it if it's important or if it's just regular email, it stays open until they respond or you can mark it as closed. But it's like, it's there as a reminder, like, hey, they haven't responded to you, make sure you follow up, yeah. right? Yeah. And it'll send you a nudge, like, hey, you know, make sure you follow up because they haven't responded, it's been two days. Or same thing, if you got an email that has a question mark, because the AI there knows that you're supposed to respond to that email that you got, oh, it'll wow. send you a nudge saying okay. like, hey, don't forget to take care of this. Or or if it's not, if it's a done deal, you could dismiss it, right? But again, it's like that back-end assistance. So there's so much you could do. There's, you know, they have a marketplace, wow. so you could do integrations with, you name it, right? You can integrate with LinkedIn. So as you're sending an email, you can already see their LinkedIn information. So again, it's really not, as Mark said, you know, you can use it and go too far on one end where it, it becomes too um, too automated, right? Yeah. Too so automated. it's really about finding non-personal. And again, kind of like so there's to, there's, there's room for non-personal. There's room yeah. for right. Yeah. And, and for me, again, it's going back to that example with Apple. It's about trying to create a good, consistent experience where you're really providing value to the customer. That's really you know. Mm -hmm. So what about you? You know what? I mean, we were using HubSpot, the free version, um, but we, I've had Salesforce for like six years, five years. Um, but I like the Salesforce aspect because it's everything. 
I mean, at the end of the day, when you're ready to close a business, you send out the contract right away, they sign it, you know. I love the aspect of it really reminding you of what the action steps are. But I still feel like that CRM is still that client relationship management where you should still go out there and visit these accounts. Kind of going off of uh, what Mark just mentioned is that that personalization is, is something that we're getting away from. And it's just becoming way too transactional where everything is just being sent via email blast. Everything is follow up is via email. Everything, you know, there's no phone call anymore. You know, uh, there isn't, hey, let me stop by your shop real quick. Right. Uh, let's just talk shop. And, you know, it's just that. Uh, that relationship building is kind of, we're losing a little bit of that. So Customer service should be reachable. Huge. Absolutely, right? You still, there should be a face out there and not yeah. just send out reminder emails, right? Every month, every week for a year and expect yeah. to get business. So for us, as we keep it really tight, we try to keep it personalized to the best of our abilities and uh, using, you know, Salesforce. We're going actually a little deeper with that because okay. uh, I, I love the platform, so I'm pretty used to it. So but, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome to hear, yeah. like, you know, again, people, you know, let's talk about the industry, right? Cleaning industry. Uh, not not all the time will, will somebody say when they request a service, and you know, they always beat us up on price, but you hear the professionalism, right, that we're, that we're talking about here as far as we've got technology that helps automate, we've got technology that has artificial intelligence. We're talking about technology here for the cleaning industry, which is not really synonymous, but it's the, it's the future of how we operate as business owners. Um, and you just heard kind of both sides to we need it to, to, to be forward thinking to automate stuff mm -hmm. but we, we can't forget about the personal touch you know we can't forget about you know I, I'm not big on I don't have to hand deliver a contract anymore I know I used to be big on that but the need is not there as much in my opinion but the follow-up is right the, the stopping by so maybe using these alerts and reminders yeah. to stop by Right. Correct. To, to, yeah. Let's use technology to its capabilities, but then let's not forget we're an industry of service. Service is hospitality. Hospitality is showing your face. Mm -hmm. Right. So now, as we're you know, there's so many things we could talk about on the sales side. But again, I feel like bringing together a group like you guys is so good for the estimating and bidding type of, of, of knowledge base that's out there. Because Mark, you're you're walking through and you're doing bids on schools at million square feet, nine hundred thousand square feet. Right. Why? You're you're just you're you're doing luxury high rise buildings. You're doing big, big facilities that have multi site buildings. Right. Me and so we'll do a lot of project work too at the same time. Uh, we're growing businesses at the same time, but we have a lot of different elements here um, because sales is a segment that we could talk on for the next six episodes. But I just want to throw some tidbits on you know CRMs are important. Uh, how are we getting leads, right? So let's go back to, to some of that where let's talk about, you know, Google ad campaigns. Let's talk about SEO. Let's talk about, you know, where should a new beginning cleaning business owner that's like, let's say five to 10 employees. And then the other side is if you're at two, 300 plus employees and you need to spend your money wisely, right? Both should spend money wisely. Mm -hmm. But where should somebody put money in, in your opinions, uh, it, and depending on the target market, right now and what's out there with, with Google AdWords, with Facebook marketing, with mailers, like where do you guys think, and Rob, we'll start with you, is where do you think people should should be, you know, money's important. So like, where, what are some tips or tricks on that part, do you think? I mean, I, I think I'd, I'd say having a mix is really important because you never know where the business is going to come from, right? So, you know, I think a perfect example is, you know, like the split, the significant differences between Mark and I, right? So Mark is sales, he's not doing any 
you know, social media, he's not doing any internet marketing, none of that stuff, right? Strictly sales. But I told you, you know, I got a MySpace page. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I got something. Is that, thing, is man? Is that still MySpace? Is that still <laughs> you have a TikTok? No, no, I don't have. You what? should. What you do you mean? TikTok. A breath mint? What are you talking you about? Should do TikTok, man. <laughs> so. You know, so again, it's like there's no right way to do it because we're we're going at a completely different. Well, you're doing RFPs, you know, big time RFPs. Yeah. Right. I mean, <clears throat> somewhat RFPs, but a lot of our business comes from honestly pay, pounding the pavement and managing the relationship because whoever's happy today is possibly not happy tomorrow morning. The president's garbage got missed. Big problem, right? Rome is burning. So here we come in, I mean, you know, here we come in and you're the front runner all of a sudden, you know. We are doing RFPs and that's, you know, for schools and, and most of them are bids. They don't call them RFPs. If they were smart, they call them RFPs, but they don't. So they tend to try to go with lowest bidder. And in situations where you have relationships where you're managing your relationship with, let's call these business managers and CSBOs for for school districts, um, you know, they already know you. The hardest thing to do is to come in on one of those bids and have it be cold. And the first crack they're getting at you is here's the bid. So, you know, relationship is still king. Okay. So you're saying maybe spend some money on taking care of the clients you have right now, right? That would be one for you. I mean, taking care of the clients you have right now, but also not forgetting about the prospects that are in your pipeline. Pipeline is everything. Okay. When it comes to a growing business, whether you're five employees, 10 employees, 200 employees, what you do today is not going to affect you today. It's going to affect you 30, 60, 90 days from now. So you always want to be planting seeds because over time those seeds grow into trees and you're going to reap the benefits right. eventually. Okay. You know, every year we're, we're working today, not necessarily for tomorrow, okay. but you know, for six months from now, we just don't know what's going to happen. All right. Why? No, I mean, that, it's, you know, mark it on the head because it's, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're dealing with people, it's relationships. And even like for us, right, when, you know, they're calling us and sometimes there's another bidder presence or two other bidders during the walkthrough. And, you know, sometimes I, I notice that they're walking, rushing through the space because they're trying to get to the next appointment or whatever. It's like, you know what, listen, if you've got the opportunity, make the time to not have to rush to talk to the you know potential prospect. And, you know, you have to take it to the space because if you're rushing through the space, you know, the signal that you're sending to them is they're going to come in here at night and just rush through my space and not care. They're just yeah. trying to get to the next, you know, cleaning, right? So at the end of the day, you're dealing with people and it's just build relationships, do things dig diligently and you know, I, I always say is, you know, you, we're really not selling, right? We're providing value, right? Because, you know, they have a problem and it's, they need their facility queen. And if you can take care of that and take care of it well, and for them to not have complaints, you make their life easy. You know, you yeah. make them the hero because they hired you, right? So, you know, really think of it like, how do I add value? Absolutely. You know, that's really, you know, and at the end of the day, with, with that said, you always have to think about like, how can I service my clients better? What technology is there out there that can allow me to be more competitive to provide a better service. And, you know, it's like even going back to the CRM stuff, yeah. like, you know, with, the, with some of this technology, like, you know, we might set, you know, inspections to be every two weeks or every month, right? And so with technology now, it'll tell us like, hey, you haven't performed, you know, your, your inspection on schedule. You're supposed mm -hmm. to do it yesterday, so now 
it'll send us an alert, right? And if, and if week passes by, it'll send us another alert. Why? Because if you're missing your inspections, you know, that means that the chances of there being an issue start to increase, right? So, yeah. you know, those alerts are very important. So again, you know, don't use CRM, don't use technology to spam people, use them to add value, right? So okay. I think, you know, I think what you're talking about really is, you know, make a friend, make a sale. That's exactly it. We're out there to help, we're not out there to sell. So when we're out there, we're out there to solve people's problems. We're out there to help. So if we can make a friend today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not six months from now, maybe not a year from now, but maybe in a year and a half from now, they're going to um, come back to you for something that someone else can't solve for them. Yeah. All right. So we wanted to continue to dig deeper on, you know, whether you're an SMB, whether small business owner, right? You're a mom and pop shop. It's you, your wife, your husband, your brother starting off with the company trying to generate sales or even, you know, you, you've got a bigger size company. You always have to learn and understand budgeting to then be able to know where to put your money to then create revenue back, right? So, so like, what, what are some tips or some things that you've done that you've seen, hey, if, you know, if I feed this funnel $100 a month, I've won an account, uh, you know, or I win this job. Like, what, what are some things you've been doing? So, I, you know, for us, we've been, uh, you know, this might be a little bit further along than a startup, but we've been uh, investing more into the SEO area and the, uh, and the whole, uh, you know, giving an extra uh, investment into that social media branding for us. Uh, okay. We're really hitting that area hard for us just because we feel like that's where we're getting quite a bit of traction. Um, we're not doing ads yet. Uh, we haven't been, uh, you know, aggressively doing any of that. But on the SEO side, we are investing, you know, anywhere from a thousand, you know, two, three thousand dollars in order to make sure that, you know, obviously our website. Damn. It's, it's, it's going to compete. We gotta come after Spotlight now, but um, no, but Juan has done a great job. So, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously the lead, the, uh, the, the, uh, the role model here. But um, again, this is more, obviously a little bit more advanced, but in the beginning, I think for us, it was more social media, even if it was a couple hundred bucks a month, uh, getting a part-time, uh, high school student or even a, uh, a college uh, a college uh, you call it, student that's into the arts and getting into that social media because that's a big thing right now everybody wants to get you know be a social media influencer and a lot of these guys will take that opportunity um, and uh, create the value themselves okay. so yeah. they so they can create their name as well so we've been able to do that and uh, it's been very effective for us yeah okay now one thing I wanted to touch on too since you, you actually reminded me is are you guys seeing seeing that clients are looking at your social media? You know, are they looking at your culture? Are they looking at who you guys are as a company to then maybe checkbox and say, "Wow, these guys invest in themselves. They invest in their image and their brand." You know, I, I respect that. And you know, one question we ask whenever anybody calls in, you know, where did you find us? How did you find us? You know, one response that we always get is our reviews. You know, Google your, your reviews. I don't see anybody who has more reviews than you guys, and they're all five stars. Like, do you guys feel investing? You, I mean, I know you do, but like for you know, Juan and Mark, do you guys feel that investing into your image—that's a dollar amount, right? That's 
that's going to cost you as a business owner to to create the brand, create a great website, create create good content on your site to describe who you guys are. You know, I think it just goes back to you know what we said earlier. Is you have to hit all buckets, right? And so you know, Saul drives business from social media. I don't really drive a lot of business from social media, but it is important to have a presence because it goes back to your image, right? So clients sometimes will look you up and. They'll say, oh, he has social media, they, they have good culture, they, they seem like they all like each other, and, you know, and, and all those things are important because that could be, you know, they found you, you know, through this bucket, but now they're kind of checking to see if you're a legitimate business, right? Yeah. And so, again, if you don't have, you're not hitting all buckets, it is going to affect you potentially, right? So, um, you know, so, you know, and, and again, you know, like it's not just investing money, it's investing time, time. right? Because time is money. reviews, yeah. as Ricky mentioned, you know, you can't buy reviews, but... You have to provide good service. You have to follow up. You have to ask them for a review because, mm-hmm. you know, it, they're not just going to do it. You have to actually ask for it. I mean, I think one thing that you touched on that's that's very important, and it's not electronic, right? It's it's not necessarily reviews, but it's referrals. I mean, as a business that's starting out, when you do a good job, you want to do everything you can to capture. Hey, do you know anyone else out there that we can help? Is there anyone else out there that we can help? Yeah. Let me know who that is, you know. So that's that's a great segue to, and I think this is going to be a great way to end the, the episode too, is let's talk about tips, trades, secrets, anything you guys have to help, you know, a small business owner or a new sales rep that's coming into us, to the industry to learn how to how to generate more sales and revenue. And I'll, and I'll kick it off first is the fact of understanding the industry and knowing when, you know, when... Business is everywhere. Every, tonight, I'll probably pitch our services somewhere, wherever I go tonight, right? Is knowing the business so well that you guys, you know, we all can talk on our services. We can talk about polished concrete, you know, scrubbing. We can talk about pine salt. Hey, you might not want to use pine salt, right? It's, there's there's different things that we know that, that we have to train the other sales reps and we have to train our teams. Um, but a tip that I always tell everybody, especially on post construction, is... When you're, when you're driving by and you see that there is no windows in a, in a building, right? And you see the, or you see cardboard in a building, that's a, an alert to pull your car over, get out of the car, <laughs> figure out the address, go to where the permits are, get the name of the general contractor, get the, all the construction company names. Why? Because that building's about to be in need of post-construction cleaning. Or what I joke around with is if there's windows, you're late. You're already too late. The, the, the fact that the windows are up means they're working inside. That means that they already put a budget up for cleaning, right? So that's a big one. Referrals. Mark, I'll let you take, or Saul or Mark, when you guys kick off with referrals is another big thing. It doesn't cost you anything to ask your own clientele, yeah. hey, if you know anybody in the market for, you know, mold and remediation, because that's a new service that I offer now. Right. They're, if they love your service, they're going to give you that that, yeah. that referral, right? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the thing, one of the tips that I can give, and it's something that I kind of had to learn the hard way starting out, is no matter what you're doing, don't go into a situation where you're going to talk bad about a competitor. Always go into a situation with a positive mindset. So, let's just say, for example. Um, someone's using someone's going to switch from PC to Apple right 
and someone goes into the Apple store and they say, you know, I'm using this PC, you know, I'm really fed up with it and, you know, I, I just, I don't know what to do. Nine times out of ten, you're going to get a person in that Apple store that's a product expert that's going to say, you know what, I used to use PC too, but let me show you why Apple is better. Same thing with the cleaning company. No matter who you're dealing with, number one. Number two, be confident about your product knowledge because if you know what you're selling and you go into a meeting and you can have a casual conversation like we're having like this, not worry about what the, sub, the subject matter is, it's going to be like second nature. So what about you? Tips, secrets, trades. You know what, man, I, I always, I think there's a lost art out there and it's it's always about cold calling for us, man. I think uh, uh, you you see it all the time on the internet that cold calling is dead. It's not dead. No, it's coming back hard. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah. People are saying that, you know, because again. Don't tell Mark, though. Don't tell Mark. Yeah, don't tell Mark. <laughs> no, but I, I, you know, for us, it's always, you know, always work harder than the other guy, right? So for us, it's always getting out there, pounding the pavement, uh, getting in front of as many people as you can, because it does it does quite a few things. It builds character, builds toughness, right? Because of all the rejection you get. Yeah. And once you keep continuing um, that consultative approach, right, of the service that you're providing for the client, then you become an expert, right? Because you already know, you know, all the you know obstacles. You what not to exactly, say. The rejections that are coming. Right. Right? You're already proactive. You already know what's going to mm -hmm. uh, come at you. And so for us, it's always about, you know, keep being student of the game. And that's always getting out there, uh, providing value, keep knocking on doors. Because at the end... When you do get those appointments, that flow of statement, that flow of value, that flow of the uh, the consultant that you are, just becomes so much easier. Where the client notices, like, wow, you've you've done your your work here for the last five to ten years. So I always tell everybody is that never lose that. I think someone just brought it up here about like how everything's all transactional. Keep getting out there and start, you know, um, keep your face out there, keep the look. Because uh, at the end of the day, it's what we say at Blue is uh, it's always about the friendly face. And when you're a friendly face out there, it goes above and beyond. Just yeah. uh, try to push numbers out there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always about selling, right? Always be selling in the right way, right? Okay. I mean, always in the right way, but everybody needs a cleaning <laughs> company person, right? You got your, I always say, you got your doctor, you got your dentist, you got your attorney, you got your accountant. You need a cleaner. So you, you need you got to be the guy. You got you got to be the guy. You got to be the guy. I got a guy. You got a guy. Yeah. You know, got a guy. And it's it, it becomes you know if you talk about the business that you're in, <clears throat> you talk about it in a confident way, and people feel it. I mean, that's a tip itself, right? It's just always be telling people what your story. What's your story? Oh yeah, you know, want on spotless cleaning, and, and and they just feel that oh this is a good guy. They're gonna refer to that person, yeah. right? I want to cut in a little bit. You know, nowadays with social media and influencers and all that everyone's like fake it till you make it fake it till you make it you know what don't fake it till you make it actually learn this stuff you mm -hmm. know Pro really know what you're doing provide that value you know Ricky just talked about mold remediation you know there's carpet cleaning there's different methods of carpet cleaning there's all kinds of stuff you know I'll say that when I first learned carpet cleaning I took the courses and I took one from host and I took one from another one and so on and so forth I learned a ton about chemistry you know pH values and so on and so forth and so that extends to the chemistry of cleaning. So like now if there's ice melts, well I know how to counteract that with and mm -hmm. how to remove it so easily. And it's just it's just literally a science. It's just straight chemistry. So the more you learn and it's just that knowledge just keeps on compounding, keeps on compounding. So it you know, carpet cleaning will help you clean 
you know, regular cleaning better. It'll, it'll teach you about, you know, for stripping and finishing because, you know, when you're stripping, it's highly alkaline, so you need, an, you know, acid rinse to neutralize yeah. that for before you apply for finish, right? So knowledge just keeps on building and building and building, right? So some of the stuff that I'm saying to some of you might be like, what is he talking about? But again, it's just, you know, really be a student <laughs> of, of the game, right? And, and the more you learn, the thing, the easier things become, the more you can teach your staff, the more knowledgeable they become. And, you know, it's just, there is no magic bullet, really. You know, yeah. it's like Ricky said, you know, he, you know, for example, he pulls over, he gets that information, he gets that post-construction, he does a great job. Guess what? That contractor, they're a business. They're building stuff all over. So if he likes the work that Ricky did, he's going to mm-hmm. call him every single time. Oh, yeah. you know? and, and that's what we have, too. Like, Can we have... Do? We have yeah. a lot of construction companies that we're not out there selling. They're, they just call they're us. They're just calling them. You yeah, know, that's, so. That's, that's the number. I mean, you nailed it. That. But it all comes from pulling over <laughs> in the initial one, and then it just keeps building and building and building. And that's what this business really is about is you don't go from zero to 100 no. because there's a lot of things that go in between, right? You have to have the right managers in place. You have to have the right staff training. So it has to be a slow progression, you know. If you're going to do it right, it's going to be slow. But... The more you're doing it, these are yeah. becomes. So I think the consensus for sure is, if, if you know, if there's anybody that's, you know, how do you put new people that come into a company training wise? How do you how do you start the business yourself? We've all pretty much can agree, you got to do it yourself, right? You got to do. Right. So people have to learn. If you're going to sell stripping wax, you've got to have done floor stripping waxing. If you're going to sell carpet cleaning. You got to do a couple carpet cleaning jobs, right? I mean, the way Juan just spoke on all the, the different segments of carpet cleaning or the different areas, he's done it before, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like people lose touch on you think you could just start a job and not know how to. Not that you not know, not know, but to sell the product, you got to know the product. Our products, there's there's a variety, yeah. you know. And then the last thing that I'd like to say is. When you guys see, I know you've done it with adding another restoration part to your business. Juan, I know you're always adding services, Mark. We're a multi-service approach to a lot of the business that we do. That's, I think, on the, to end this conversation is, would you guys all agree, you have to do more than just commercial cleaning? In the sense of, I'm just talking janitorial. If it's just janitorial, you are going to be limited to, to some certain extent. But would you agree that if you want to scale and grow and you want to increase sales, we've got to add services as business owners, correct? Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. And you know what, touching on that is that I read an article about how the specialist way is now giving way to the generalist. You know how before it was like, hey, be great at that crap, I like that, that one yeah, thing. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, clients are not really looking at that anymore, right? We always talk about being the one-stop solution, right, for your clients and for your potential clients. And the article really proved something where you really have to learn how to pivot and, and shift and understand the timing because if you do get stuck in that one type of service mm-hmm. you're in trouble yeah. and so you have to start really venturing out um and trying to see obviously i mean don't open up a restaurant right but you know, get, you know make sure that the verticals are there make sure there's some synergy you know from the current uh service that you provide and that's kind of what we've done right so in the cleaning aspect we go into mold because you know that's just that is clean right uh, and we just added the whole uh, demolition trash haul uh, services as well but it all still entails that we could be that one-stop shop for a client yeah. so specialist generalist think about it hard guys I like that yeah I like that. think about it hard there's there's a lot of things to think about and don't stretch too thin 
Yeah. You know, that's the mm-hmm. other thing too. Yeah. Because sometimes you can bring in a partner to, to work with you, right? So, and sometimes it makes sense. So for example, we do high rise window cleaning, but we don't do it ourselves. We have a partner that helps us, right? Yeah. Why is that? Because it'll kill my insurance rates. Yeah. So I'll lose more money on the mm-hmm. paying higher rates in insurance when they than whatever money I'll make yeah. from yeah. high rise window cleaning. I think that today in today's market, you know, so many of these facility managers are looking for a total facility solution provider and that's what we try to market ourselves as. You know, one tip and going back to tips, one tip that I can I can say that has worked so well for us over the years is uh, providing consumables. So oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a get whole out. Segment. I mean, <laughs> get out there and, and if you see, time. you know, every every client that you do is going to they're going to buy their toilet paper from somewhere, buy their paper towels from somewhere, buy their soap from somewhere, and that's just the beginning of it. So if you can figure out a way to leverage that and maybe f- save them five to ten percent, set yourself up with a great uh, provider, um, and and have next day delivery with no fees, that is something that is going to grow your business ten times over. It's it really is. And it's not just about saving them the five or ten percent, really. Going back to talking about value, how are you making their life easier, right? Think yeah, about yeah. think about it from yeah. that lens, right? Because if you've got a twenty thousand square foot office, there's an office manager, you know, he or she doesn't want to have to take that delivery because now you're talking about boxes of toilet paper, hand towels, take that delivery, put it in the closet, having to order, having to make sure that mm-hmm. they're always ordering, and all the other chemicals that they don't know anything about because that's not their job, right? If you could just take that completely away from them. They, they don't care and what the price it. really is. Yeah. You know, because now you manage the whole thing, you bring yeah. it in, you stock it, like they're gonna love you, right? Yeah. So think about how, how are you making your client's life easier, right? So right. again, that's not selling, adding value. They're not gonna right. love you if they run out of toilet paper, yeah. but you know. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. You know, you gotta have a good system in place. It's all about systems and processes, for sure. You know, just on that is that, I, it's all over the internet. I mean, you can see it everywhere, is that be a resource, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Be a resource. Be a solution-oriented person. Like, it's not always about cleaning, right? It's like, hey, uh, man, I'm having trouble with this roof leak. Oh, I got a roofer for you, right? Oh, hey, uh, listen, man, my, my plumbing broke. I got a plumber for you. Don't worry yeah. about it. So, again, it's, it's kind of what we've always talked about here is yeah. that we want to be that one-stop solution, not just on services, but also being that resource and giving them solutions for other needs that they have. So. That's another one that uh, everyone should really pay close attention to. Yeah, and, and I, I say, the I know you guys. Have you guys ever seen the ABC plumbing commercial? Mm-hmm. Here, right? Mm-hmm. The whole, the the one, the, the fact that, oh, ABC was here. Oh, then it got done. I, I just, I want to be that company. <laughs> I want to be the company when they say, oh, you you got Rosado cleaning, yeah. right? Or you got Blue cleaning, yeah. you got Spotless, you got Citywide. Oh, so it's taken care of. That's what we got to shoot for, right? We got to be. That, that synonymous word to it's taken care of, you know, that's, and that's since, the feeling they got to have. And since we're talking about sales and bidding, you know, and competition, we can't compete against Amazon on price, that mm-hmm. is, right? But guess what? The office manager, she's not gonna, he or she's not going to want to order toilet paper and so on from Amazon because they're going to, you know, sometimes they're going to come in a box and tomorrow another box later on, like, they're gonna get like 15 shipments for an order. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's gonna take up their whole day. Yeah. You know, so again, think about how you, how you can add value, make your client's life easier. Yeah. So, I'm stories good. in general, like, I about, okay, so I got one right now. I got one, go ahead. Right. So, I was at a daycare, 
It's my first year in, the, in my first year in the business. Again, me and Marley, right? She's been through everything with me. Uh, <laughs> so it is. We are mopping the floors. It's uh, I'm not going to say the name of the daycare, but you know we're going through the motions, doing everything that we're supposed to do. And I get to the front of the facility, and you know I remove the the carpet runner. And as I'm removing the carpet runner, I spill the entire mop bucket that was just done. I'm not a great reactor in that moment, right? So what did I, what do you guys think I did? What was my first reaction to a mop bucket just spilled <laughs> dirty mop water? So I'm not, you know, we don't have to take guessing games, but I went and grabbed paper towels. Okay. Wow. Hold on, hold on. Paper towels. Was that shot back, man? So, so I'm, I'm coming with a roll of paper towels. Marley's over there like, what the fuck are you doing? You got a mop right? and you got a mop bucket right there. Like, what are you doing? Mop that shit up. So no, I had a roll of paper towels. And this is, you're talking about massive. This is like a three-gallon freaking whatever. I, I'm gonna end right there. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take a, a, There's one year in the business. I'll, I'll follow, I'll follow that one up. So, you know, his wife is helping him mop up and work. And about 15 days ago, we had the uh, broom challenge where it could stand up oh, on its yeah. own. Yeah. And my wife says, I want to do that. And, was, <laughs> and she goes, Do we have a broom at home? <laughs> Come on. Come I'm on. not kidding. Do we have a broom at home? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> So, you know, one, yeah. one was, uh, man, this is right when I started, man. Yeah, obviously, I was working out of a garage, man. But I was so tired after one night, man. I left all my chemicals there. Dude, it was freezing. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, you guys. So we had, the worst part is that I had to let the chemicals thaw out, man. It took me about like 30 to 45 minutes before I can uh, get started. But the point <laughs> of it was that the, uh, the, other, the building engineer came by and he's like, so what, what are you doing? I said, oh man, I, I, I uh, left my chemicals overnight. Sorry, man, I'm just gonna, I gotta defrost them. And he's just like, wow, you're just starting, aren't you? I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so him and I just, it's that scary moment like, like uh, carry on. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, I'll get the, you know, it's like, okay, get it going, man. So anyhow, yeah. It's just freezing, freezing chemicals. It just always comes back to me. Oh, man. So I've been in the business for longer than I could drive, and I learned how to drive a forklift before I learned how to drive a car. So uh, we used to take in large, large shipments of wax, full truckloads. And I used to, you know, 14 years old, driving around the warehouse. We had a pretty big, pretty big building at that point. And I'll never forget it. Uh, I took a turn too fast and I had a whole <laughs> skid of Vectra and that that forklift just just toppled. Wax. It was the shiniest warehouse door <laughs> you ever seen. Just wax fails everywhere. <laughs> Meanwhile, my dad comes up from the front <laughs> and he just looked around. Looks great. <laughs> Turned around, went back to the office. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of us are like oh, trying man. to just clean everything. It was the shiniest wax. Still, the people who bought that building, there's still 16 coats of wax on the So, before we could go on and on, right? I mean, we got to leave this up for another episode. But I think at this point, 
thank you guys. I appreciate your time again. I know you know it's we're busy people. This is this is what I wanted to do is bring us together though, to keep giving people content and tips and trades and just our life experiences because it's all about storytelling, right? That we all live and breathe this industry. We love it and we just want to give back. So thank you everybody for uh, you know chiming in and, and, and listening to us. Uh, it's time for us to give a cheers here. Actually, first, before we do that, this is called Cleaning the Cocktails. So, quick question is, Mark, what kind of cocktail are you drinking? I am drinking an old-fashioned. Okay. Yep. You know, on the last episode, I realized I was a little overweight, so I went for a skinny margarita. <laughs> <laughs> so, what you got going? I'm having a Manhattan. All right. And I have myself had an old-fashioned. Uh, and Jeff, who's behind the bar, which you guys, I don't know if you man. guys can see, but he Jeff took care man. of us. Uh, for the second time in a row um, and thank you to janitor's closet which again just a quick two second run on you guys were in a closet this used to be the closet of this place it looks like a closet lives like a closet breathes and smells like a closet uh, but we got a bar here in the area too so thank you again for chiming in and, and listening to us uh, we appreciate the time and until the next one thank you guys